Logical Progression, Year 3, Chapter 11, Lesson 1. Assalamu alaikum everybody. That's not the full proper salam that I'm giving for everyone online, but I'm just trying this new thing out, live video. I have no idea how it works, I'm just trying it now. And um, so let me just turn it around. Okay, there we go. Okay, so we're just about to start this class. This goes straight onto Facebook apparently, it's called Facebook Live Video. I won't show anyone, don't worry, I've got the thingy, okay? Just showing everyone our setup here as we start this class. Idris likes to be on the camera, there we go, Idris. So the, the king, the dawn of woman, Shazad Salim. This is my setup. Very important thing missing in the setup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Shaz. I need all my future comforts. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Alhamdulillah. Actually, I guess because of the kind of the difference uh, in the style and everything, um, we forgot that actually this is the launch of year four. I mean, which is awesome, to be honest. Um, it's been a longer than usual break. and um, But alhamdulillah, we're all feeling better for it. You know, the idea of the break was entirely mine, right? I remember when we were planning that, there was like a lot of resistance against having like this big academic kind of break. And alhamdulillah, I forced it through. And um, I think everyone enjoys it. I think it's really good for people to take a break from having uh, studying uh, uh, from me certainly from teaching it and people studying it and gives time for consolidation and so on and so on that note I just want to say because obviously we have uh, new people how many new people to logical progression just in this class here okay all right so the majority of the new people will be online um, and I just want to say a few words uh, for those folks specifically because maybe some people uh, despite the best attempts of everyone will not have um, kind of, I don't know, picked up on the fact that this is not a, uh, a seminar, okay? Uh, it's not a seminar. Um, and I guess these, these, these terms are all synonymous and, uh, you know, I think, um, uh, I guess they, they take on meanings that we give them. But uh, the word seminar for the Muslim kind of uh, demographic has now taken on quite a specific meaning. It's normally, how I understand it, obviously I give many seminars, how I understand it is that it's always paid for, okay, and it's professional. The quality in it is that which would match any other professional presentation. And I think the idea is, is that it is given very much with the student in mind, with the attendee in mind. They're paying money, and therefore they need to be looked after at every cost. They're a customer, okay, they might be a student, they might be whatever, but they're a customer because they pay. And then... Um, um, and uh, it's assumed, obviously, that they've paid, and that's not easy to pay, and they've sacrificed time, and that's not easy. And so everything is done in, in an intensive, professional, easy kind of manner. The idea is that when people are paying, they don't have time to go through the, 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 the introductions and the, the logic and the, the principles. They just need to get a, such an awesome presentation that someone who knows nothing can be taken from nothing to a final product, right? Um, and they, they trust the organization or the instructor to do that. And so the instructor then has to put so much more effort into, for example, the kind of histrionics on, in terms of teaching and, 
uh, the whole area of edutainment, keeping them entertained, keeping them alive, keeping them whatever, because they're not so serious as students, meaning that it's not something that they do all the time, they're not used to it, so they require a little kind of bit more uh, flexible kind of approach. Um, and obviously in terms of graphics and technology and so on and so on, they're all used to its maximum, all right? So it's all for the benefit of the student. And that's what we call, uh, that's what I would call a weekend seminar. And Al Maghrib, of course, is the, is the best that I know that, that delivers that. I mean, there's very little doubt about that for in the Islamic uh, field. And there are other organizations and they focus on smaller kind of courses. But when it comes to this area, then Al Maghrib owns that. And uh, I encourage you to make sure you take advantage of that. This is another Al Maghrib initiative, okay, partnering with uh, Logical Progression and kindly Chiru Masjid as well. Um, and this is very different even though we've brought it into the uh, weekend kind of time uh, 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 frame or time slot. Um, here, it's all about me. It's about the teacher, meaning that it's about making it easy for me as opposed to easy for the student. Anything that's made easy for the student, I just want to make clear, is done out of the generosity of someone like Shazad or Nadif or whatever. Whatever things that they decide to do, they're making it easy. From my point of view, I haven't got the time um, I haven't got the ability um, and so and I would not have the motivation either that's probably you know the important point teaching every single Wednesday with my kind of schedule everyone's busy I guess but I mean with my kind of schedule, teaching every single Wednesday and preparing for it and whatever is something which when it's not your job or it's not a profession or whatever it can only last on goodwill for a little while Okay, you might get a year out of it, you might get a second year off the buzz, and then third and fourth is all over, right? And the only way it's going to actually last is that if it's made very, very comfortable. And that's why whenever you see the classical uh, circles of, of knowledge of the scholars, you'll find it is in their house, or it's in their local masjid, right next door, because it's not possible for it to be anything else. Yes? And that's where you get the phrase, you know, as Malik said, uh, that knowledge is gone to, it doesn't come to a person. The idea is, is that knowledge is meant to be easy upon the one who gives it and all the difficulties meant to be on behalf of the student. Obviously with the paid weekend seminar model we've turned that on its head and that's good because that's a reflection of the people. Right? A lot of people criticize the whole paid model. Right? That's because they don't understand Islam at all. They say when did the scholars ever charge, when did the circles ever think. It's a whole different time, a whole different flex. People out there wouldn't even dream of paying. People would have circles day and night, the best of people, every single corner. And now people actually want to have that knowledge in that kind of bite size and pay for it in the manner. And so it's very important to understand these two different kind of uh, paradigms. Very important and that you happily embrace each one as of and when needed. Um, and so that's why it's important for people who are studying this first time. Those who are, are, are established logical progression students know exactly the nature of this class. It's very relaxed. We're taking our time. We're kind of, you know, it's not all action Jackson. It's like, you know, right, let's have a look. Can you look that up, please? Can you check this, you know, whatever. Let me just have a quick read here. Class waits in silence. That's something you'd never do in a professional paid seminar. But this is a lot more easygoing. And again, um, if this was a professional presentation on just menstruation, then it would be just focusing on every single <coughs> issue to do with menstruation. We're not doing that. What we're doing is that we're covering a book of fiqh. We are actually, uh, we, we, you know, this wasn't set up to just offer menstruation. We've arrived at menstruation in our chapter of, uh, to finish off the chapters of purification. So we started off, what is purification? What is impurity? What is ritual impurity? What is, uh, uh, how do we purify ourselves? 
that's water, what are the different types of water, then what other substances can be used, then what, how do we uh, uh, make ablution, what's the principles of wudu, the obligations, what breaks the wudu, then how do we make ghusl completely, what do you need to make ghusl from, and then uh, uh, dry ablution, and then wiping, and so on and so forth. So we're completely going through every single aspect of purification, not according to our own liking, but according to the book. And the book, of course, is Zad al-Mustaqni' okay? Um, which is a Hanbali uh, fiqh uh, text, a Hanbali primer, um, a small essay, if you like, um, uh, on Islamic law according to the madhab of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. And specifically, we are using a commentary by uh, Sheikh Muhammad Saleh ibn al-Uthaymin, alayhi rahmatullah, and that is called al-Sharh al-Mumti, the easy kind of commentary. Uh, to Zad al-Mustaqni'ah <clears throat> and I am commentating on that so I'm commentating on the commentary and explaining it further and so we are restricting ourselves to the flow of the, cl- of the, of the book itself and actually uh, some people might have picked up on this actually we are not just doing menstruation in fact from now until probably lunch um, uh, we are going to be doing um, a fascinating chapter I think that actually people will probably want to spend a bit more time on it probably more a couple uh, maybe one or two extra hours after lunch as well and that is called Bab Izalatul Najasa the removal of filth that's actually the next chapter in the book menstruation comes afterwards so we're not starting menstruation just yet and actually uh, if there's people thinking oh I thought we were doing menstruation that's my exact point we are actually doing the book we're not doing some kind of you know presentation just on menstruation just so that no one actually gets put off by that, Bab Izalatul Najasa, the removal of filth, is as important, especially for the women who came. I mean, I think this chapter is for men across the board is important to understand. But women sometimes, you know, they uh, no, 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 that's not fair to say women. But people who are not used to studying might think, well, I came from menstruation, it's got to be menstruation. Actually, one of the most common issues, such as the issue of vaginal discharge, Okay, continual vaginal discharge. And I don't mean abnormal uterine bleeding. I don't mean that bleeding which is going on all the time, which is called istihada. But I'm talking about discharge which occurs. That does not come in the chapter of menstruation. That actually comes in the chapter of the removal of filth. And so therefore, um, there's a lot of very, very relative or relevant, sorry, uh, aspects that occur in this chapter first. So that's what we're going to be taking. So that's a little kind of introduction to our style. Um, how we're going to take this class um, we're going to split it up into roughly 45, 50, 55, one hour kind of sessions, something like that. And then we take 10 minute odd breaks um, and we'll continue that roughly on the hour. We'll take the breaks um, and it's 10 o'clock here, it's 10.15 now. And um, uh, we will be breaking around about for lunch about quarter past one, roughly, okay? We will obviously be breaking because this is being held in the masjid for those people online. We'll be breaking for the prayer times, obviously. Breaking on the hour for a break. If the prayer time and the break is closed, we'll combine them. And lunch will cover dhuhr. So roughly, we're playing it by ear. We'll take about quarter past one lunch and we'll probably come back around quarter, uh, around half past two, something like that. People online, you know, they're probably eating all the way through this, okay? And, uh, you know, just chilling at home and enjoying themselves. Whereas we have food here, so we're, we're not going to have any problem in terms of um, uh, in terms of time and so on and so forth. Uh, as per usual, this is an informal class. And so therefore, if there's questions or whatever, we have discussion, feel free to um, stop and ask. And those online also, those who are new to the portal, 
you'll see that um, the portal itself is quite uh, is quite good. We've got a section there where you can see the notes. Um, we are going to be focusing on the Arabic commentary. Don't be scared off by that. I'm obviously explaining it all. Uh, but those who want to follow the Arabic and, and improve the Arabic, then you can see a Sharh al Mumte. So there's the class notes, the, 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 the actual class notes, which is just a small piece of English. And then you've got the, uh, 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 the commentary, which is in Arabic, and I'll be explaining that. And you can be watching the video as well. And there's a place there where you can put questions. And Shazad and Nadif will uh, periodically, um, uh, you know, look and, and pass over anything which is relevant at that time. Okay, folks, yeah, we're good with that? Yeah, any questions before we uh, start? Um, and uh, Shaz may be an announcement for how they're going to deal with the uh, changeover online. So what would a, a viewing online viewing student do when we say, okay, it's break time? So break time, it will uh, go to the, it should all, once we finish the class, you'll see the intro video come up. So smooth transition into so the, a, the, a the, kind of video, an interim video. The, in, the, the introduction video. Yep. It will then, should automatically switch to your offline page. And when we start back again, it will then automatically switch then to the live page and you'll see a new new class uh, classroom area with no comments. So each hour has its own individual like classroom. So the main thing is is that if someone's watching online, yeah, they are not to touch their computer. They they don't refresh their page. They no, we've done it so they don't need to refresh their page. However, if there's that stood there for over ten minutes or so, then it was a good to refresh their page. Okay, so I hope everyone understood that. The idea is is that the technology, if it all works. If it all works, means that you just keep watching the the, the, the page, and um, you know at 50 minutes or whatever we say, okay, we're taking a break. Then hopefully it should then just you know interim videos or whatever will come up, and then when the class starts again, it should actually just start again on your page. Hopefully that's what you'll see. If you don't see it after 10 minutes, then press the refresh and you'll see that new uh, video. Okay, folks. Okay then, Bismillah. So um, in terms of the actual text. Uh, Shazad will not be surprised um, that I do I have a chess? Uh, it's on the it's on the TV. Yalla khair. <laughs> khair. Um, no, no, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, see it from this thingy here. Just one second. I can see it. Uh, sent. So what we're going to do now is that we're going to read the actual text that we're going to be studying today. <coughs> we're going to do that. Got it on or not? Yes, I have. Yeah, here we go. The chapter of the removal of filth. Allah Akbar. A waste That's not it. How you doing, bro? Right, okay. So, this is the actual text itself, okay? You should be looking at this. It says, Babu Izalatin Nijasa, the chapter of removing impurity. Everyone looking at that? Yeah? So, we're going to slowly read through the Arabic for those people who are not so used to that. Give you an opportunity to be able to add a little bit of, you know, Zabadzir and Fatha and all that behavior, okay? And then we we'll read the English translation. Yes. Uh, those people online, did you just say if they click on the um, resources, um, if they click on um, the Zadul Mustaqna tab in the top? In the, in the, yeah, so if you, uh, online, if you look at where the comments are, 
Then just on top of the comments, there's a box which says resource Zadul uh, Mustaqni. That is the actual text that we are reading right now and what we're going to cover. Okay. So the muallif, the author, Rahmullah, he says, "Yudzi'u fi ghasl al-najasat kulliha idha kanat al-ard ghaslatun wahida tadhabu bi'ain al-najasa wa ala ghayriha sab'un ihdaha bi-turab fi najasati kalbin wa khinzirin wa yudzi'u an al-turab ushnanu wa nahwa wa fi najasati ghayriha sab'un bi-la-turab ولا يدحر متنجس بالشمس ولا ريح ولا دلك ولا استحالة غير الخمرة فإن خللت أو تنجس دهن ماع لم يدحر وإن خفي موضع نجاسة غسل حتى يجزم بزواله ويدحر بول غلام لم يأكل الطعام بنضحه ويعفى في غير ماع ماع ومطعوم أن يسير دم النجس من حيوان طاهر وعن أثر استجمار بمحله ولا ينجس الآدمي بالموت وما لا نفس له سائلة متولد من طاهر وبول ما يؤكل لحمه وروثه ومنيه ومني الآدمي ورطوبة فرج المرأة وسؤر الحرة وما دونها في الخلقة طاهر والسباع البهائم والطير والحمار الأهلي والبغل منه نجسة. So that's the entire chapter of the removal of filth. The translation: um, It is sufficient for all impurities which are on the ground to be only washed once, as long as the actual filth is removed. Dog and pig impurities, filth, which are not on the ground are to be washed seven times, one of them being with dirt. One can also use hyssopus, etc., in place of dirt. For impurities other than these two, there are seven washings without any dirt. Neither the sun, wind or rubbing can purify that which is impure. Not even chemical transformation, except in the case of alcohol which oxidizes into vinegar by itself. If vinegar is made, though, or liquid fat becomes impure, they cannot be purified. If the location of the impurity is not clear, the whole area is washed until one is sure of its removal. The urine of a boy who has not yet started food is purified by simply wetting it. A small amount of impure blood that comes from a pure animal will be overlooked, as long as it is not found in any liquid or food item. Any slight traces left by cleaning the private parts with something other than water will also be overlooked. The human body doesn't become impure with death. The following are pure. The offspring of pure animals which have open circulatory systems. The urine, dung and sperm of those animals whose meat is eaten. Human sperm. Vaginal discharge. And the food or drink remnants of a cat and those creatures smaller than it. The following are impure, predatory animals and... Oh, oh. <laughs> what's happening there, Yara? I'm beards, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> that should say, that should say birds, by the way. Okay. All right. That should say birds. Goodness me. What's happening here, Yara? <laughs> 
I was enjoying that flow so much, man. I felt like Shakespeare a lot. <laughs> oh my god. Predatory animals and birds, okay? Domesticated donkeys and mules. Mules, okay? So, alhamdulillah. So, as, as anything, and obviously, again, those who are not new to logical progression, those who have been students for a regular, then they'll know this is exactly the kind of confusing style of fiqh. It's very uh, dense uh, sentences, which is very low on explanation. That's why you have big commentaries. And a lot of it doesn't make sense. A lot of kind of crazy statements and things like, whoa, what's going on? What's going on? And of course, remember that these are very specific statements according to the Hanbali Madhab. Okay? And we ourselves are not necessarily restricting ourselves to that. Our principles are generally within the Madhab. But if the evidence seems to suggest another position, then we'll look at the other Madhab and so on and so forth. And that's our style. Okay, everybody? Um, so... In terms of if you have a physical text of a Sharh al okay, so what you just seen there was that the Mustaqni'ah, this is a Sharh al this is the commentary to it. So if you actually have that, then it, in the, the one that we use, the Darabin and Josie version, then it's page 414. Page 414. So, Sheikh Uthameen alayhi rahmatullah, he says that, um, he says that, well, now we're starting off with this chapter in terms of filth. We have to remember that when it comes to impurities, when it comes to actual uh, impurities, we have we have different. The concept of impurity is a very broad one. Okay, one can become impure quite easily, right? But becoming impure doesn't necessarily have to involve something filthy, right? Doesn't have to involve something which is impure. I can become impure without having to touch feces, for example, okay? So, the, 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 uh, that's what we call nawaqad al-wudu, those things which nullify ablution. So, for example, marital relations, or going to the toilet, passing wind, going sleep, and so on. After these processes happen, you enter into a state uh, of what's called hadith. Of course, this is what we've studied for the last three years. Yeah, the last three years, we've covered this in massive detail. New students on the portal, you'll find all of this on the portal. Okay, all three years, every single lesson, in writing, in text, and in video and audio as well. My advice, by the way, to those people who are new here, and those who are uh, new online, is that it's a huge amount of material. If you've got the time, then you can go through it. But I would advise that you go to the revision sessions of each year. You'll be able to cover year one, year two, year three by watching literally maybe seven or eight videos. Seven or eight videos, which mashallah done very well by uh, Zafar and um, uh, Idris and Safraz as well before. Um, these videos are uh, very, very good. They summarize each year and the notes are very good. They summarize each year and all the key class positions. And so a quick, you know, uh, check of that, not now, obviously, but after this weekend will we'll, we'll make you, you know, you'll be up to date. You, I, I'm actually telling you, you don't really need to cover the whole three years unless you want to get used to the concept of study, going through the hadith, going through the verses and so on and so forth. But in terms of positions and so on, definitions, then they will be sufficient for you. And of course, you remember that we talked about hadith. We, did, we defined it as ritual impurity. We add the word ritual to kind of add that spiritual aspect. That it's not a physical impurity, right? And when you wash, 
it's not you're you're not cleaning something physical. And I've said that many times. Yes, that when when you see all the hadith about the Prophet ﷺ making uh, wudu with just a handful of water, and we showed that, right? I showed in that demonstration making wudu with less than a handful of water, this much water we made it, and the Prophet ﷺ would make ghusl with four handfuls of water, which I didn't show, and you're never going to see. Okay, that is obviously showing you as something that. Our purification processes of ablution and bathing, wudu and ghusl, is not about cleaning the body physically. You can't clean the body physically with four uh, cupfuls of water. Unless that, mashallah, you have one of these yani, amazing bodies which is nothing but pure muscle and doesn't sweat. Yeah, Then it may be potentially possible that just putting some water over it could maybe clean it. But that's not happening for 99% of people. So, what I'm saying is that therefore, when we make wudu and when we make a ghusl, it is not to physically clean ourselves. Yes, there's a little bit of physical cleanliness going on because we're using water. But hey, how are you going to physically clean yourself if you're using trab, all right? Dirt, which is what you do in tayammu. You're obviously not. In fact, you're making yourself dirtier, right? So the idea is spiritual cleansing. It's a process which you do to end a previous state of impurity. Was you physically impure? No. If, for example, a person could have marital relations. Yes, we talked about this, for example. Having marital relations doesn't necessarily have to be dirty. A person could be absolutely a person could have come out of the shower, for example, all right, and be absolutely physically clean. So the marital relations do not create physical dirtiness per se, all right. And even if you go even even further, of course, marital relations and the, and the emission of sperm. Sperm is a pure substance. Sperm, if it was to remain upon bed sheets, clothes, etc., etc., does not make those clothes dirty. You can actually pray. You get rid of the physical kind of the large amounts, but the actual remnants of sperm do not make the clothes impure. So you can see very clearly that hadith, spiritual purity, spiritual uh, impurity, is a spiritual state. It's not a physical impurity. So we've spent a long time, literally three years, focusing on hadith. Sometimes. Uh, 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 other things now we're moving to the other type of impurity actual impurity real physical impurity the kind of thing that when you say impurity that comes to your mind <coughs> urine and uh, feces and i guess many people probably think blood and other things as well and obviously that's what we're going to cover in this chapter does everyone get that yeah that's what this chapter is all about okay and um when we use the word Ainun Najasa, you'll see this word that will be um, uh, used in the uh, Arabic, okay? And I normally, when I translate that, Ainun Najasa, I say the impurity itself. Ain, Ain, Ain is your eye. Ain is something which is specific. Uh, um, you know, when you make Ta'een of something, it means that, together, meaning that I focused on it, this is the one. You know when we say Fardul Ain? Yes? You know that we have these two concepts. We have Fardul Ain and Fardul Kifaya, yes? Right? The Fardul Ain and Fardul Kifaya, they're, they're, they're both obligations, but people call one an individual obligation and the other one a communal one. But actually, if you look at the Arabic, you can actually understand it more, more easier. Fardul Ain, because it comes from the word Ain and comes from the word specific, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking specifically at each person when He obligates that thing. So it is this, this, I want it from the person. A fardul ain is an obligation which is required from a specific person. That's what a fardul ain is, from every specific person. So if a person is, uh, uh, if a person doesn't do it, then they're going to be held accountable, meaning that they will have done something wrong, haram yani. 
they have to do that specific action because they have been specified. Each person is looked at. Okay, not the action. Action is irrelevant to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's the actual person who has been specified in a fardul ain because ain means specific. It itself, the person, him or herself. The other type of fard is called the fard kifaya, and kifaya comes from the word kafa, meaning to be sufficient. <coughs> And here it's exact opposite. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't care about the person. He's not looking at the individual person. He's looking at the action itself. The action. Alright? So it doesn't matter who does that action. As long as the action gets done. And then, then, then you understand now why we say that Salatul Janazah is a Fardul Kifaya. It's the most famous Fardul Kifaya. Communal obligation. If I don't do it, it doesn't matter as long as Shazad does it. It doesn't matter if she doesn't do it as long as some people in the masjid did it on that day. He's at work, I'm at work, I can't come. Did some people do it? Good, alhamdulillah. You know why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want it from Abu Isa or from Shazad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the Muslims to do it. And as long as the prayer has been established, then that's the only thing that matters. So it's called Fadl Kifaya. It was sufficient. Kafi. Yani Kifayatan. It is enough that someone did that obligation. Fardul Ain? No, the exact opposite. Salatul Fajr is Fardul Ain. Specific obligation, it must come from every single individual. Allah looks at the individual, not the action. In the Fard Kifai, human obligation, Allah looks at the action, not at the person. So that's what there are some ideas of the word Ain. When we say Ain, we mean specific. So when we say Ain Najasa, it means the Najasa itself physically, intrinsically. And always when we're talking about something physical, um, because I think the reason that they kind of added this word of emphasis of Ain of Ain najasa Ain najasa is because we study Najasa so much in the kind of holistic spiritual sense that we now need to really kind of focus on the physical. And you'll see that um, when we now start with the issue of washing, washing away the Najasa, it's going to be focusing on actually making sure you get rid of the actual physical thing itself. Okay? Sheikh Uthameen, he does mention something. He goes, it is, it is useful to remember uh, that it's possible to um, uh, cl- classify. It's not a prophetic classification, but something which some scholars might use. It is possible to classify the actual uh, uh, najasa into three different types. Uh, uh, the first will be al-mughallada, mughallada, which would be severe or uh, uh, severe, like heavy. Ghalid uh, means like thick. I don't know. Mutawasit and more and mukhafaf. So we're talking like light najasa, middle najasa, and very najasa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the English mild, words we should use. Mild, moderate, severe. Yeah, mild, moderate, severe. Yeah, maybe. Something like that. Mild, moderate, severe. It doesn't matter what you put in. It's just a scale of... of it's just a scale of, uh, of use when you're trying to look at najasa. Like you'll see that uh, feces falls right into mughalada. Yani hardcore. It is as impure as it comes. Um, an interesting one would be the saliva of dogs. Where would that go? Right? The saliva of dogs. Huh? I think it might go into mughalada. I think it might go into severe. I think it might go into severe. And we'll look at that. And there's some discussion on that. Uh, what about the, the back of a dog? Right, okay, so you get what I'm saying, right? We can't put all of the impurities into the same category. We have to be able to try and kind of classify them, and that helps the fuqaha, that helps the scholars in trying to understand something. Anyway, let's look at this. So, 
Um, the, the original, uh, the first sentence, it is sufficient for all impurities which are on the ground to be only washed once as long as the actual filth is removed. Now this sentence um, would, I guess, need you to know, okay, remember in fiqh, especially when the scholars are speaking, every single word is heavy. Every single word is making assumptions that you should be knowing about already. So when he says all impurities, okay, don't just think that that's some kind of random throwaway. Actually, because the mind is not thinking that pig impurity or dog impurity would be involved here. And the mind is not thinking about one because everyone knows, even people who don't practice Islam, that there's something to do with seven washings when it comes to a dog, right? Okay, it's like some random kind of thing that as packs we know. There's yeah, some seven thing and I think there's some mud involved or dirt involved. Yeah, and something like that, yes? So that's good because that's like one of those well-known issues in, in the religion. But when it comes to the matter of, uh, of this first sentence, the mu'allif is going straight in and saying all impurities only once. Okay, but you see how he emphasized on the ground. Right, so he's making a lot of assumptions and trying to lead you on to make you think. Okay, and so I want you to know that it's a very simple point. This is if we have a solid surface like the ground, okay, it is sufficient to only wash it away once. And you know, I want you to again remember this is not a uh, these books are formulated in times uh, where there's no hose pipes or pressure washers or abundant water, and water is a very a finite resource and a very treasured one. And we know from the Prophet's hadith that even when there is a lot of water, we should treat it as a finite treasured resource and not waste it. Okay? So we know that as a principle anyway. But that's just like a spiritual reminder. We have so much water in this country. Whereas, you know, at that time, it was a spiritual kind of requirement to control and discipline our souls, as well as a physical reality too. They had no water. Yeah, and it, you know, it was very difficult. So they want to be very, very clear exactly what needs to be done. So what's being established here straight away is that, um, as Sheikh Ademin says, that the only condition of purifying that ground is to actually wash it once. Because the main issue that we need to worry about is just to get rid of the najasa. We just want to get rid of the najasa. There's no spiritual or under any other extra requirement for the ground. Because the ground is the ground. And the evidence which is used in this matter is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, famous one when the Bedouin, he came into the masjid. Okay? And you know this guy in the skin, he walks into the masjid, just bowls in, he thinks it's some next kind of, I don't know, public place. And then he just stands in a corner and he goes for a number one. Okay? And the companions are there, obviously, and they're like, you know, what the heck's this? Yeah? This guy, and he, he's got to be out of his mind. This is masjid, we pray in this place, yeah, and we read Quran in this place. And there's a guy who in the hall itself is peeing in a corner. And that's crazy, right? And so they want to go for him. And they don't want absolutely mad, right? And they want to go for him. And the Prophet ﷺ said, yeah, and he just, just, hey, just, you know, just leave the guy. All right, just leave him. All right, let him finish. And uh, uh, so he finishes. And then obviously letting him finish here, is something out of the Prophet ﷺ knowing that no sane person is ever going to come into the masjid and, and pee in a corner if he knows it's, pro it's prohibited, right? Because that would be like a suicide, right? Okay, so clearly the guy doesn't know. So we're giving the guy, yeah, and he, you know, cut him some slack. He obviously doesn't know, and I'll explain to him. And that's obviously the intended meaning by it. let him finish. Yeah, the intended meaning, of course, is that if you go and interrupt a guy when he's peeing, yeah, it could be yeah, messy, right? You know what I'm saying? And you could actually... 
soil that much is a lot more than what it was yani, in the <laughs> first place. You, know, you tap the guy on the shoulder, he turns around. It's a disaster, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, and and so the Prophet sallallahu Then when he finished, he then t- told his companions, Okay. He said to the Prophet sallallahu narrated by Bukhari, that just pour upon his urine just a small bucket of water. He didn't say two buckets, three buckets, four buckets. He said. Uh, pour it. So, yeah, if you understand, obviously, it's a physical surface, there's no carpets or anything like that, and the, the, it's just one of those classic, you know, anyone's been back home in the band, you know how they wash things, you've got the dirty stuff on the floor, just get the bucket, do the, the wash, and away it goes, plus. If you want to give it a little rub afterwards, good luck to you, but that's the, basically the only thing which is required. And what's the idea here, as the Mu'allif says, if the Aynun Najasa goes, job done. Okay? As long as the actual filth goes, all right. So if some, for example, someone like there was dog uh, poo somewhere, for example, and you poured water over it and you could see it then go and go into the gutter, then that's it. The area is now clean now. Now, the real issue is, is that what if it doesn't get clean? What if there are traces left? Then you add another one. Then you add another one. Then you add another one. Whatever is required because it's to get rid of the, the actual nejas itself. This is not a spiritual act. This is a physical reality. And if you can see the nejas, then it's obviously not good enough. So therefore, we increase, increase, okay? Um, also, the sheikh says, uh, um, if there was something very physical, something dry, okay? Let's say sometimes feces, they can become very bone dry, isn't it? Yes? Then it doesn't even need washing. If we can actually push it away, and it goes away with this complete, you know, like picked up or brushed away or whatever, then sometimes it's so hard that it hasn't even left any residue on the rest of the floor. And so therefore, in this case, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَحْتَاجْ إِلَى الْغَسَلِ لِأَنَّ الَّذِي تَوَلَوَّثْ بِالنَّجَاسَ قَدْ أُزِيلَ Because uh, sometimes it doesn't even need to be washed because actually the, the, the najasa itself, that's what's gone. And that's something which um, is very clear in the opinions of this class, the tall position of the class, and Shaykh Uthameen's positions. That really, the ibrah, Yani, the, the, the thing that we should be really concerned about is the actual najasa <coughs> itself and it being removed, not, every, not anything else yani, necessarily. Okay? Um, and then he says, and then he says, uh, dog and pig impurities which are not on the ground are to be washed seven times, one of them being with dirt. And one can also use this uh, ushnan, this hyssopus, I'll explain that, in place of dirt. And for impurities other than these two, there are seven washings without any dirt. Okay, so let me just take that last sentence first. Again, we are talking about the Hanbali Madhab. Alright, we're talking about the Hanbali Madhab. In the Hanbali Madhab, seven washings are required for any other dirt. So for example, if on my hand, for some random reason, I had some feces, okay? Now it would, because it's on my hand, and going by the Hanbali Madhab, I would have to wash my hands seven times. That's what the madhab is saying. We're going to see whether this is true or not in a minute. Okay? That, that's what it's saying. It needs to be washed seven times. If it was on the floor, how many times? Or until it's gone. All right? But here they're specifying seven. That's very interesting. Whenever you specify a number, it must bring <coughs> the evidence. Yeah? So it's seven, it's, uh, seven times if, on the, on, if it's on my hand. However, uh, what if on the ground there was some dog uh, poo or dog saliva or something from a pig? On the floor, once, once until it goes. 
However, if dog or or khinzir, uh, anything from that, okay, anything from that, and that's that's obviously the issue here, would be on yourself, on your clothes, on your book, on your bag, on your on anything other than the ground, then it needs to be seven times one of them being with dirt, okay, and. Sheikh Uthameen says, just to make it very clear here, that when it comes to this concept, the fuqaha, they mean a washing which is independent. Munfasil. Munfasil meaning that the first washing occurs, then it's rubbed or wrung, and then it's then washed again, then rubbed and wrung, and then it's washed again, and then rubbed, and then, you know, whatever. So it's it's not just pour, pour, pour kind of uh, thing, or continuous pouring according to the madhab there needs to be some kind of uh, break uh, uh, in between in between okay um, let's see what the evidence for that is on page 416 Sheikh Uthameen uh, 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 he says the evidence for this is that which is narrated in the hadith of, of Abu Huraira and Abdullah ibn Mughaffal that he said amara idha walagha al-kalb fil-ina an yughsala sab'a marrat ihdahunna bitrab and in another narration Okay, so the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith which is narrated by Bukhari that he commanded that when a dog uh, uh, he did what into the dish? Drooled? I think drooled. Drools. Yeah, I think. I mean, huh? Licked. Yeah, I think licked. Yeah, and he licked. I mean, the point is, is the saliva. Okay, makes contact with the mouth, all right, and the 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 thumb, the 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 the, 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 the saliva of the dog goes into the actual um, uh, dish itself, the vessel itself, touches it, whatever. He licks it. So when the dog licks the actual dish, then it should be washed seven times. And then in another narration, which increases uh, 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 upon the original narration. So that's the only one, that's what Bukhari says. But in the narration of Bazaar, you can see in footnote number two, and inshallah this addition is authentic, okay? Ihdahunna biturab. One of those washings with dirt. And then in another narration, which is more authentic, and it's narrated by, look down, by Muslim, okay? Number three, awlahunna biturab. The first of the washings to be with dirt. Now you can see that those are two different texts. Would you agree? Which one's more specific? The second one. The second one. Okay, because the first one is just saying one of them needs to be with that. So it could be the fifth, the sixth, the last washing. Yeah? You could technically, if you were to just use that hadith, you could wash it seven, six times, and then the seventh time you'd wash it with dirt. Okay? And the, first, the second narration, the one that's in Muslim, it adds that the first of those needs to be with dirt. Okay? Now obviously that one makes more sense. Because if you uh, wash the last one with dirt, you'd have to wash it again then to wash away the dirt. And then you kind of, you're going further and further. That's one thing. The second thing, of course, and there's some kind of studies. And to be honest, I haven't spent the time. 
because it's not been an area which has interested me. You know, some people are really interested in these things, want to understand the science of, you know, what happens when a dog, the analytics, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I did a study and so-and-so, Sheikh so-and-so, Professor Dr. Bloody Glass spent five years looking at, at uh, samples of the earth and he found 26,000 different types of bacteria that killed the 26, 7,000 types of, of virus in the dog's saliva, blah, 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 blah. And these people, I don't want to say that they need these things to prove. Well, like the Prophet ﷺ said seven times, and one of them would doubt Allah. I don't need to ask, but he said that I'm happy with that. That's cool. But it's good sometimes to find out what the medical science behind it is. And I don't know, maybe someone's got something to share. Anyone looked at it? Huh? Anyone here? I'm sure someone online maybe might uh, have, have looked at it. I did talk about the, the test of the saliva of the dog. Uh, yep. It's boiled in 100 degrees. The, the, degrees. If the saliva is boiled at, at 100 degrees? Yeah, it's still the, the germs still are as it is as it was, as it was before. Okay. And it doesn't uh, get rid of those germs. This ain't one of those pack sources, is it, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> one of those Facebook videos, yeah? <laughs> it's in Germany. It's in Germany, huh? It's always in Germany, that's the problem. <laughs> so... Uh, you'll find lots of these kind of studies and videos, whatever. And like I said, uh, it needs time. You know, it needs time. And they just get passed on. No one cares. And I just want to say that my, my kind of lassitude towards it or my kind of apathy shouldn't be the correct approach. Okay? Because there's a lot of stuff out there that gets passed around. And uh, because it just sounds right, then people just pass it on. But actually, all of these things should be studied. All right? All of them. The most famous one, which inshallah Allah gives me life, that I'm gonna I'm gonna give a full week to, okay, when I get that week, and it will come inshallah soon, is that famous one which goes around, which says Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions day in the Quran 365 times. I mean, and night. You've seen this one, yeah? And uh, the you know the man is mentioned in the Quran the same times as the woman, and the this and the that, whatever. And it was said that Tariq Suwaidan, who's a famous da'i in uh, Kuwait, um, Kuwait, I think, yeah. Um, he's the one who did the study and whatever. Uh, I've done. I've seen no proof of that. But that this kind of this list is famous. It's like fifty kind of different phrases, and I've got my major doubts about that. Okay, and it, but someone needs to sit down and deal with it. And uh, you know, I, I wish if someone's online now, uh, understands Arabic, understands the Quran and the vocabulary, and obviously set the parameters. The parameters are very important, of course, because. Do you, when Allah mentions ayyam, do you, do you classify that as day as well? Days? Does that classify as a day? When you're saying that mention of a thingy? When, when you're talking about a man, does insan come under man or is it rajul? Is it mention of rajul or rijal? Okay, so meaning that you have to set parameters. And I just want to say that if you're clever enough and you set, anyone who's involved in maths, okay, you can make anything, you know, uh, 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 you know, it's as good as however good you are as a statistician. You just change the parameters, set the kind of rules, and according to your rules, well, you know this group called the Submitters, you know the 19ers they're called, huh? you might have heard of that Rashad Khalifa movement, it's a movement that believes that uh, the uh, Quran, uh, that the deen is all revolving around the number 19, okay, and uh, they're a very, they're a prominent movement, Okay, those who have done some classes with me, like Fiqh Salah in London, I would know that I gave the full story of, of my. I got mugged by those people, basically. Yeah, I got Yanni jumped, jumped, mugged, jumped, and tricked into going to a conference which I thought was like a Sunni kind of, you know, brothers and sisters conference. And it was those dogs, Yanni, yeah, okay? <laughs> and they just they set me up big time. And I was like the token Sunni Imam. I didn't know that. I was thinking I was going to buzz and go and meet with the brothers and that, whatever, and give a couple of lectures and enjoy the country. Kazakhstan of all places, I thought this would be fun, yeah? 
and uh, I turn up, I end up yani, being in some kind of bakas, yani, people don't believe in hadith, reject yani, all the, the sources, uh, hadith are all lies, the Prophet statements are all lies, uh, the Quran can only be the, the thingy, and everything is measured within 19, okay? And so the whole thing is all about 19. And their main kind of scholar today is a guy, a Turkish guy called Edip Yuxel. And he really set me up. But anyway, um, but I was just going to say that uh, what's, uh, one of the fascinating things that came from that, okay, um, when they present themselves to unwitting people, and they often aim and focus on university foreign students that come from rich families. The reason, for example, that this conference was happening in Kazakhstan is that it was organized by the son of the president. Now, you know these presidents of these kind of uh, caucus kind of countries, they're like the biggest dalimin on, on the planet, right? And, uh, you know, they, they last for like 50 years and they eat all the money or whatever. And they send their children to the most expensive and whatever. So he sent his son to America with his friends and he took all his mates with him and they all went and studied. And obviously someone's targeted them there and basically t- converted them into submitters. You know, the Caucasus regions are simple Hanafi regions, okay? Simple Orthodox Sunni Maturidi areas, Muslims, very basic kind of guys. Um, but these guys came back modern kind of whatever. And, uh, you know, that's the whole point. They then done all these kind of conferences, international conferences, and they started to, you know, invite the people in. So I'm just saying that whenever they presented <laughs> these people, they bamboozled them with the, the theory. They say, look, the, the number 19, Allah says, this at Ashar, referring to the angels, okay? So that's where the 19 starts from. And then everything. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is 19, 19th word of every surah is like this, 19th word of that, nine, if you do this, that. And everything becomes 19. And if you don't know anything and you look at it, you're like, oh my God. 19 <laughs> right okay and uh, what was fascinating what was really funny is that there was a session in fairness to these guys the organizers they said that you know what we have an international conference and we'll organize these people that come from different traditions to see whether they've got something to add me I didn't know that by the way I thought they were all just chilling yeah and I went in obviously got done but there was a local maths professor who was also invited he was, free. he was the professor of the Department of Maths from the local university there in Kazakhstan. He was an atheist, Palma, okay? You know, a lot of people go into this academia, they lose their religion. There's not a very strong religion there anyway, but he was atheist, all right? One of the most fascinating people I ever met. He come in and he sat there through this presentation by this guy who's trying to prove this concept of a number 19. And then, he, you know, and then he, uh, the, he, the guy finishes. He's given all these classic, beautiful examples of 19, 19, 19, 19. And I'm saying, I think And this guy, he stands up. It's only a small group, maybe 50, 60 people. And this guy stands up. He goes, can I comment? And he goes, please, please do. He goes, can I come to the front? He goes, absolutely. He goes, okay. He goes, I just want to say to this, I don't care about, you know, 19. I don't care about Sunni. I don't care about whatever, whatnot. You know, I don't care. But I just want to show to you just how nonsense yeah, your, your theory is. <laughs> he, he asked one of the guys, give me a number. Okay. And some guy goes like 15. Then he called me. He goes, you understand Arabic, yes? I go, yeah. He goes, please come to the front. So I went to the front. And basically, he conducted a sideshow where I was like the assistant, the beautiful <laughs> assistant, yeah? So he basically said, right, choose me this, that, whatever, whatnot. And these are my parameters. He had had some kind of inkling of the Quran and Arabic, but he didn't know it fully. And he would pick random verses from all over the places. And there and then, he was a genius, obviously, okay? He was making everything fit the number 15. Okay? Everything. Everything that was thrown at him. Because he would say, for example, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, if it was 19, he would say, every uh, with a med is, not continu- is, is, is always going to be classified as... You know, when you set the parameters, you can do everything. 
صح؟ So um, so yeah. Why are we talking about that? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Science, yani, whether it's important to know the science behind the matter and to really spend a lot of time. There's, a, there's, there's some rationale behind everything I say. Okay, it might take some time to find. Okay, but it is there. It is there. Shazu. Uh, <coughs> It's definitely time for a very quick. My life for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> May my who be sacrificed for you? Yes, yeah, is that? Um, let's just finish this just, just this point. Um, so, uh, going to watch this a dog, a dirt off you physically, then the first should definitely be with dirt. Uh, why? A, because there's a nos. Nos means a text. Whenever there's a clear text on the matter, we don't mess about. You can't make ta'wil, you can't reinterpret the statement, first of the washing should be with dirt. So we're trying to argue. Khalas, okay? So it is, so we, uh, uh, we do the first one with dirt. The second, he says, is that when you do use dirt, we have we have lightened the, 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 the thingy. We have turned it from uh, to مخففة. Yeah? If you rub dirt on something, you've turned it from heavy, severe impurity to something which is now mildly impure. Does that make sense? Diluted it. Diluted it, like, exactly. I mean, again, don't... Uh, uh, this is a bit sick, yani, but... Imagine you've got this kind of dog um, poo, I don't know, on your hand, okay? There's one thing, picking it up, and it's a whole different thing if I coat it completely with dirt and then pick it up, isn't it? Okay, I mean, apart from the fact that it's a complete physical barrier, okay, depending on how much I put, and even if you were to, for example, to rub it with dirt or whatever, I don't know, etc., etc., then the same. Now, obviously, the example is not with uh, feces, it's with uh, uh, um, saliva. And so whenever you put on, it's like it's like anyone who's worked in retail, okay, anyone who worked in retail, you'll know that you always have the sand, yes? Or the sort, not sand, sawdust. <coughs> sawdust, there's always sawdust, sawdust, huh? In the shop, ready for the guy when he comes and vomits in the thingy, yes? Or the baby does a leak or whatever. I saw an amazing video the other day where it was, a, you know, UFC? You know UFC? You know the mental boxing kind of thing or whatever? Oh my god, two big guys were at it, man. And I don't know what he did to the other guy, but he, he crapped himself down. <laughs> In the ring, everyone watching. It was diarrhea as well. Uh, yeah, it was diarrhea as well. Imagine, imagine like a massive boxing match, Yanni, okay? Right? Live on TV, miskeen. Just think of the biggest boxing match you've ever seen. Imagine a guy gets hit and his, all his khara comes out. And... It was all down his leg, all over the thing, everywhere he walked. And you know, it's amazing. It's like, it looked like a comedy film because the, 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 the announcer was Bumbles and the woman who walks around, the thing, she was like, what the heck? The guy who won, he couldn't celebrate. The people were shocked. And he climbed over the fence, you know, and he walking and he miskeen. I felt so sorry. And the guy was destroyed. Every step he was making, it was making more marks all the way back. 
That guy's never going to be able to show his face ever, ever again in history. Huh? So what do the people do when that happens? They, they're not going to have lots of water, are they? The immediate thing that happens, they go and put sawdust over it, don't they? They quickly run, sprinkle the sawdust over it, and that covers the smell, it deadens it at that immediate moment, it covers the immediate najasa, and it's dealt with. What's that, Shaz? It's the tea, it's break time. Did you? <laughs> Is that like automatic? Programmed. Programmed. This guy is, man. Guy wants his chai saying, break, 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 and you're in tang on the thing. Sent a signal to the thing. You really want to break, don't you? Okay, okay. Let's break there then, inshallah. Okay, let's break there. And we'll come back after the session. Say 10 minutes exactly? Yeah, exactly 10 minutes. All right. All right.